Hello and welcome to the East Baltimore Graffiti Church's podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at ebgraffitichurch at gmail.com or you can check us out on our website at ebgraffitichurch.org. If you have a copy of the Word of God this morning and you would like to follow along, we will be in Matthew chapter 28. And as it is our Easter Sunday celebration, I would like to begin by reading the entire chapter, which is not very long, that will set the stage this morning. Now, after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. The guard shook for fear of him and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. Just as he said, Come, see the place where he was lying. Quickly, Go and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to report to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them there and greeted them, and they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and take word to my brethren to leave for Galilee, and there they will see me. Now while they were on their way, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers and said, You were to say, His disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this should come to the governor's ears, we will win him over and keep you out of trouble. And they took the money and did as they had been instructed. And this story was widely spread among the Jews and is to this day. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. You know, we started uh, two weeks ago in in First Peter, and we said suffering that leads to life. Remember, um, we met a group of believers who had been scattered abroad due to persecution for their faith. They were dedicated, true followers of Jesus. So Peter encouraged them, you remember, writing this letter to them. He reminded them about some things that were very important for people to remember who are suffering. 
right there in the first chapter, he said, remember that you have been chosen by God the Father and you're being sanctified. Remember being made holy by the Holy Spirit and you have been sprinkled, he said, um, sprinkled by the blood of Christ, right? Forgiven and saved. So he said and used the term, you have been born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So while these believers are suffering, Peter reminds them of their inheritance in heaven and what they have to look forward to. He reminded them of their status. Your family, their family status had changed. They are now children of God, sons and daughters of the living sovereign Lord, creator of the universe. Therefore, they have an inheritance and their living hope is Jesus Christ. Peter explains to them while they are suffering, at the same time, they can rejoice. Remember, we talked about a paradox, uh, not a contradiction, but a paradox. Now, you may be suffering, he said, grieving, suffering or grieving. Remember the manifold, multifaceted trials? And he said, even in the midst of whatever you are going through, whatever loss you are experiencing, whatever grief you may have in your life, Whatever trial, whatever temptation may be wearing you down, you can still have peace and rejoice. How is this possible? Um, this definition of faith, and I will read it, and, and we, will, we will move forward, but I think it is so instructive this morning. First uh, Peter 1.8 says this, And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Amen? Listen, that's you. Those of you who believe in Christ, you've staked your life and placed your faith in Christ. You didn't meet Jesus in the flesh physically like the apostles. We didn't walk with Jesus. And Jesus in another place even says, how blessed are they, even though having not seen him yet believe. That's you if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a definition of faith that he gives us here. So, so this definition of faith, saving faith because of Jesus, one can rejoice with joy inexpressible. These trials, these tests of your faith will result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's hard to look forward to the future when the present is difficult. And why is this so important to remember on Easter Sunday? It was the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead when he conquered sin and death that brought power, that brings power to our salvation. Amen. So this morning, we celebrate our risen Savior. We read our passage of Scripture this morning. And look, in Matthew chapter 28, I may not tell you anything that you haven't heard before. You may go home and say, uh, Pastor didn't say much this morning, but it's Easter. Listen, uh, we're going to see a few things here. One, we're going to see a group of unlikely messengers. Unlikely messengers. We're going to see... Um, unlikely messengers. We're going to see a bold mission, a miraculous finding, a miraculous finding, and Jesus' final message. Four things. So, interestingly enough, Mary Magdalene, you look here in Matthew chapter 28, it is these disciples, these followers of Jesus, the women are coming to the grave to 
mourn, to anoint Jesus' body, just to, to continue to grieve and pay their respects. But listen, you, sometimes we, just, we hear the account so many times that we gloss over this. All four Gospels record these faithful women. Look, Judas betrayed him. Peter denied him. The disciples scattered all over the place. Even just coming back to the grave like that was a bold move, knowing that the soldiers were watching, knowing that their own religious leaders were now their enemies. These women were courageous. Women, followers of Jesus. Lived in a patriarchal society, even in which um, the accounts in the Bible are recorded. Um, um, we look carefully and see Jesus' relationship with women. Um, the woman at the well, Mary Magdalene, who he casts out the demons and who anoints his body uh, in a very a, a loving, worshipful way. Uh, we see Jesus' relationship with these women throughout the Gospels. They were bold, strong, courageous women. All four of the Gospels record them coming to the grave. So these unlikely messengers, but they weren't the only unlikely messengers, right? Listen, come on. If we were watching some fantastical movie and we had never heard this account before and, and you see a, an earthquake occur, the whole everything is shaking and you see this shining angel sitting on top of the huge stone that was, that weighed hundreds if not thousands of pounds and had a seal on it so that if anyone opened it, if there were any shenanigans, these Jesus followers tried to sneak his body out of the grave, they would know. And the stone is removed. The angel is sitting on it. His appearance is like lightning. His clothes are light, are white as snow. The guards became stunned like dead men. They weren't even moving. By the way, if we pay close attention, and I don't always pay close attention, um, the angel of the Lord said to them in verse 5, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. Listen, Jesus was gone out of that grave before the stone was rolled away. He's all, he was all man in his suffering and death, but he was still all God. And in being God, he removed himself from the tomb without having the stone open. He was gone from the tomb, raised from the dead, conquering death, without the stone being rolled away. The stone was rolled away afterwards so that the others could go in and see that he was gone. So we have these unlikely messengers. We have this angel shining. Uh, his clothes are like lightning. He's sitting on this stone. The women come to anoint Jesus' body and to show their, uh, pay their respects. And I'm sure they are grieving. So these unlikely messengers receive receive instruction oh and before we go i do have to luke chapter 24 listen these ladies um these ladies were instructed to go back and tell jesus other followers and the disciples now he says my brethren and the disciples to tell them that not only has jesus risen from the dead not only has he has he has he risen from the dead but that we're also to meet him somewhere later on. So they have this mission. In Luke chapter 24, it's very interesting 
because in verse, oh, I had it. I'll get back here. Ah, uh, here we go. Verse 10. Now they were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James. Also, the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles. So they've gone. They found the apostles at this point. Verse 11. But these words appeared to them as nonsense, and they would not believe them. So the ladies go to the grave. They encounter the angel. The angel sends them on this bold mission to go and tell the others they're excited they're fearful they probably were screaming yelling jumping up and down who knows right and the guys the apostles did not believe them at first and then luke records but peter got up and ran to the tomb and stooped and looked in he saw the linen wrappings only and he went away to his home marveling at what had happened so peter poor guy i kind of you know I don't like to give Peter too hard a time, you know. Um, poor Peter, he just denied Jesus three times. Now he hears that Jesus is risen from the dead and he wants to go and see for himself. And he goes home marveling at what he had seen. The things having to do with death were still laying in the tomb, right? The linen wrappings and Jesus was gone. So back to our text, we have unlikely messengers. We have bold, courageous women who have been given a mission by the angel so there is this, um, so there, I mean, think about it. I mean, I'd lose my mind, right? Maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you're just like cool, right? Um, but he sends them with a message and a mission. And what is the mission? He says to them, go quickly and tell his disciples. And behold, he, Jesus, is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. And then he says it again, Behold, I have told you. Interesting also um, the significance of him saying it twice. He's not here. He is risen. And this was just a way of emphasizing um, that this is a word from the Lord. Behold, the angel says, I have told you. And he says to them two times, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Sometimes God does and is still doing supernatural things in our lives. And for each one of us, there will be a time in your life and in mine when God says, don't be afraid. And you will know when it's your turn and you will hear the message loud and clear. The angel was speaking on God's behalf. It could be any messenger of God. It could be a friend, a loved one. Um, that God would use. It could be the Holy Spirit. It could be you reading the Word of God, the living, active Word of God speaking into your life um, that says, hey, at this point in your life and whatever is going on, someone needs to hear the message and today it might be your turn. Don't be afraid. Listen, there's been a lot of death in our city this year already. There's been a lot of loss in our community, specifically. We had a candlelight service. We had a candlelight service last Friday night for um, a member of our church um, that, if you didn't, uh, who's been part of our Celebrate Recovery group as well. Damon lost his life 
um, a week and a half ago. And so we're suffering in our community grief and loss. And I think the message from the Lord to believers today, wow, the message to believers today is don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be afraid. And I, I think it's an important message. Uh, um, as I like to say, never a dull moment on Greenmount Avenue. Amen? Amen. But listen, the mission he sends them on, and I don't want to stray too far from, from the text in the Word of God here on Easter Sunday, but he does send them on a bold mission. He sends them to go and look for Jesus, to meet with Jesus. Listen, and so he goes to meet with Jesus, he goes, they go to meet with Jesus, and guess what happens? It's Jesus who finds them. And this is what will happen in your life and mine. There are times, and I hope there are times for each and every one of us, that when we think we're seeking God, as followers of Jesus, we are, right? But you may be on your own mission. God may be dealing with you about something, and you want to seek God, but you know what really happens? God comes and finds you, amen? God will come and find you, in the middle of your trial, in the middle of your suffering, in the middle of your grief, where you might be on the road looking for Jesus, he comes and finds you. Amen? And you know what happens when Jesus finds us in those moments and in those times when we need him the most? What happens is what happened to the women here in verse 9. Jesus met them and greeted them. They took hold of his feet and they worshiped him. You know what? There will be moments in your life and in mine when you will want to wrap your arms around the feet of Jesus and not let go. They can come at great, exciting, adventurous times of worship when you are full of joy. And they can come at the lowest point in your life when you are struggling, when you are sad, when you are defeated. And... This response should be the same. Look, we're human. We're not, we fall down. But, but the response should be the same. We should cling to Jesus and worship him. These ladies did that. They were going on their mission to, to talk to the disciples. And they were also going on their mission to meet up with Jesus. But on the road, Jesus found them. Amen. So we have these unlikely messengers, these women who in their religion and often in their homes and often in their day-to-day -day activities would not have been given much of a say or respect in their culture. And Jesus meets the women first. Jesus meets the women. By the way, the women who were with him during his crucifixion and didn't run and hide. The women who were with him during his crucifixion and didn't run and hide like his disciples, male disciples, followers, did. Didn't deny him. Didn't betray him. There is something, um, I'll be careful, being a, not a woman. <laughs> and I will say that I, in my years, observe a fortitude and an inner strength um, 
in many of the women in my life and even observe it in other women that I come into contact with who I may not know as well. There is, there is a, and I can't always, I can't take you to chapter and verse if you force me to, but there is a strength, a certain courage and a faithfulness that I observe in so many Christian women um, that I have known over the years. But I don't have to stretch the, te the text. Who did Jesus meet with? Who did Jesus give this task to? Who did Jesus reach out to? Who had the courage to go to the tomb even when they knew it was being guarded by their enemies? These women who love Jesus. These women who love Jesus. As a matter of fact, I got to do this. And I did plan to, by the way. John chapter 11. Um, Jesus' friend Lazarus dies. And Jesus loves Mary and Martha. Uh, they are his dear friends. Listen to what Jesus says in John eleven twenty five. 25. Um, you know what? Um, I'll back up. Verse 21. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, oh, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am. I love that song that we sang in worship this morning. I am who you say I am. So the great I am says who I am also. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? He looks, Martha, picture the conversation. It's just two people, Jesus looking her in the eye. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes in to the world. That is a very specific confession of faith from a woman who was Jesus's friend, which culturally was, would have been, people would have been looking at Jesus a little sideways already. Jesus says, Martha, do you believe this? And she gives that answer. This woman of faith gives that answer. I love that. And Jesus stating, I am the resurrection and the life. Back to Matthew chapter 28, this great celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have unlikely messengers. We have a bold mission. We have a miraculous finding, right? They leave with both fear and great joy, both fear and great joy to find Jesus who in turn finds them first. But then we have Jesus' final message. Now, it wasn't, this wasn't the only message. The Gospels give other accounts of meetings, a couple of meetings that took place between Jesus and his disciples, Jesus and other followers. But Matthew records this last conversation, this message, if you will, Jesus' message um, to the disciples that we, as followers of Jesus, and particularly Baptists, um, we cling to this this message that Jesus gives to his disciples, um, which uh, uh, also this message is for you and for me as followers of Jesus. We are not one of the 
12 disciples, 11 disciples, but we are disciples. We are followers of Jesus. So they're there. There's this great, so there's this, this excitement, this joy, this fear, this wonder. Um, and it even says in verse 17, they're worshiping Jesus. They're all together now, but some were still doubting. Is that really Jesus? Come on. Is that his stunt double? Is that really, come on, is that really? They're worshiping, but they still have doubts. Listen, sometimes as a follower of Jesus, I have felt cruddy. I have felt unworthy of my salvation because I have doubts. Listen, um, one thing, Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you're his child, your status as a child of God will never change. Jesus don't kick his kids out, amen? amen. So, but... It is also true that in your humanity, you may, may you're stronger than me, you're good, right? You may come upon this difficult time in your life. You may come upon this trial or this loss, and you may have a doubt or two. You know what? These guys walk with Jesus for three years. You know, they risked their lives. They put it all on the line. And here they were, some of them still doubting that Jesus had risen from the dead. Listen, it happens. Be encouraged, not that you have doubts from time to time, but be encouraged that in your humanity and in your weakness and in who you are, Jesus still loves you. And those doubts don't last forever. They don't. I, uh, in, my own, in my own walk with the Lord, have, have had doubts. I say, oh, you're a pastor. Or my pastor says, you're a paid holy man. Um, <laughs> and we have doubts. These guys are in the presence of their Savior, who, by the way, I have them written down here. I won't do it to you this morning. Um, but there are at least like six times just in the Gospel of Matthew from chapter 16 through chapter 27 up until the time Jesus is crucified, where he comes right out and tells them, I will be arrested. I will be persecuted. I will be crucified. I will die. I will rise from the dead. And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, Jesus, cool, man. And, and it's almost like, do they understand this? And like maybe some got a glimpse, but maybe no one truly understood everything that Jesus was saying. So like seven or eight times, just in Matthew, from the triumphal entry, no, before that, even before that, uh, in chapter 16, he begins to prepare his disciples, telling them what's going to happen. So again, Easter Sunday, this great celebration, this angel rolling back the stone, rolling back the stone, these unlikely messengers sent on a mission, this miraculous finding, they meet Jesus. He finds them on the road and they hear this message. The message says, by the way, it's a command from Jesus, his last command to his followers. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, listen to this last promise, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Listen, friends, sometimes this paradox of, of suffering and trials and loss and trying to maintain peace and joy in your walk with the Lord will be a real struggle. And we talked about sometimes you will even be going through multifaceted trials, more than one. Sometimes, remember we even said, 
Sometimes you're going to go through little trials because God's preparing you for a big trial. Man, nobody wants to hear that, right? And yet, and, and yet he says, just like Peter said, um, um, that you can have this peace that passes all understanding. You can still have joy in spite of what you are or alongside what you were going through. And at this Easter Sunday, this morning, we have this hope. This hopeful certainty is really what the Greek word means. Knowing that Jesus Christ conquered sin and death. That you and I, as followers of Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have a living hope and inheritance. No matter what's going on here on earth, you um, have a bright future because of Jesus. You are loved. You are God's child. You have a bright future regardless of what you are going through now. You may be at a high point in a high time in your Christian walk. Amen. Praise God. Enjoy it. Walk fully. Share your joy with others until they tell you not to. No, I'm just kidding. And, and, and embrace that. Embrace that. But if you're going through the trials, if you're if you've had some doubts recently, if you've struggled some recently, let me encourage you that the God who conquered sin and death, the God who offers us eternal life when we believe in Him, if you are His child, He is inside of you. His Spirit fills you and you can have joy. Amen? Amen. So this Easter Sunday, I say to you, um, find the joy. Get with someone who will help you find the joy. Open the word of God. Pray. Cry out to God. But this morning as we celebrate the death, burial, and now resurrection of Jesus Christ, enjoy the moment. Enjoy the day. Enjoy your future inheritance. Enjoy who God has and is creating you to be. Amen. He's not finished with me yet. Remember that old button that used to have all the letters on it? Please be patient. God isn't finished with me yet. Wow, that came from the waybacks. Um, listen, listen, be hopeful, my friends. Amen. Amen. So I say, He is risen. He is risen indeed. <laughs> so I say, He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.